Paso a Paso. Podcast. Brought to you with generous support from the Keeler Foundation. Hello and welcome back to Paso a Paso Podcast. This is Miles here again with you, and thanks for joining us. Uh, we appreciate the um, streaming and playing of this podcast on KNCE and Taos, as well as on your favorite podcast app. PasoTaos.org is our website, and today we will continue conversating with Nikki from Twirl. In our last episode, we reviewed uh, the many programs they have in the works currently, as well as some of their history. And we're going to continue that conversation now. Um, Nikki, welcome back. Hi. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. And, you know, in our last episode, you shared um, a bit towards the end there about collaboration, um, as well as your many years in supporting the uh, parents and young children of Taos. Um, It kind of reminds me that perhaps we should spend some time talking about what Paso Paso is, as well as through those years of working uh, with Twirls since the beginning. How has support for young children in Taos changed in your perception, or is there anything you'd like to share about that? Yeah, I mean, I um, I joined Paso probably six years ago, I want to say now, maybe seven. Um, and I I didn't actually know very much about it, even though it had been active in some ways for 20 years um and um i i was really just impressed by the core leadership team of um brandy and tracy hanamio and Jeannie, who had you know really been um involved in in paso for a long time in trying to um make these connections between different early childhood organizations serving children and families in order to um, improve services, identify um, gaps within agency services and really, you know, collaborate in a, in a meaningful and really selfless way to better support families. And so, you know, I was just inspired to, get involved and, and try and bring my particular um, skill sets and perspective um, to the to the network. Um, and, um, you know, in, in, since I have been in, involved, the committee work that I have seen come out of it, um, I've been really, really impressed with because, you know, all the people doing this committee work have – that you know, full-time jobs, um, and and these these this these committees are um, really designed to address things that they're not necessarily doing in their everyday jobs. But you know, it's a great um, initiative for Taos, and I think it's one that has increasingly been recognised throughout the state, including in our, you know, um, in our government, um, in our departments um, in Santa Fe that are also, you know, kind of working collaboratively to address these issues, that the PASO model um, is one that um, could be 
used and um, in other communities. So, yeah, I, I, I'm happy to be a part of it. Um, we mentioned in the last discussion that um, providing the playground at Twirl, um, I believe you said, was kind of a way of bringing in an interactive space uh, or opportunity for young children in our community who may not have access to it because we don't have a children's museum or that sort of thing. Um, and it's a huge asset to our community. I know all families really appreciate that it's there. Um, are there some other things that you would like to see outside of Twirl's activities or within? What, what do you think is still missing from kind of the landscape for young children in Taos? Oh, um, I mean, a children's museum, I think, would be amazing. You know, I think um, if we had 10 times more space, um, <laughs> there are all kinds of incredible things that I would love to do to bring into to Taos. You know, I used to travel a bit more to other cities and visit other children's museums and not just children's museums, you know, art museums that um, also have family-friendly exhibits, and I just come back so inspired. Um, but I think, um, you know, just kind of talking about recreational opportunities, you know, I love what Taos Land Trust have done there at Rio Fernando Park to provide more open spaces that are, you know, more nature-based and trail walks, especially in the downtown area and connecting that with Red Backer. You know, I think that's been a, a really wonderful addition to um, recreational opportunities. Um, and, you know, after-school programming, I mean, um, PASO is focused on children zero to eight and really we mainly focus on zero to five you know preschool ages but um meaningful after school programs um i think are really missing in this community and we've just um seen the closure of high altitude athletics um i think that's going to be a huge loss to the community in terms of the affordable out of school programming that they offered in the summer and after school. Um, I would love to see some kind of YMCA program here in Taos. I mean, I think after school programming is really dependent on schools getting their funding, their um, 21st century learning grants, and sometimes they get them and sometimes they don't. And, you know, that really should be a given because the reality is. Lots of kids have nowhere to go at, you know, 3.30 because parents are working until 5.30. And so there's a huge gap there of being able to find safe spaces, inspiring spaces for kids out of school. And we are really seeing that in this crisis. I think that's one of the biggest uh, lessons here is this um, recognition that, um, school is childcare, um, and um, you know the number of working mothers that have had to drop out of the workforce as a result of um, this pandemic is is really really telling. Um, and I I hope and I know Paso are doing 
do so much work around this that recognizing that um, access to quality, affordable childcare is um, underpins our whole economy and you know kind of workforce and um we you and i at the beginning of this pandemic you know had um, been working with the policy and communications committee to um bring the no small matter um documentary to taos i mean that was about the last thing we did before the pandemic here it was the last public event that I attended at the TCA and uh, for those that don't know the um, No Small Matter is a documentary about the importance of investing in early childhood um, and um, you know makes those connections between um, early childhood care which essentially is early childhood education and and the challenges that the early childhood profession has in um, finding and maintaining a workforce um, and being able to expand to offer enough spaces for pro, uh, for children um, that need early childhood is a huge crisis in our community and our nation. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I really appreciated what you shared, and I hadn't heard it explained that way before. Um, but in reference to the idea that, um, you know, there's the perception for kids that are younger than kindergarten that they're going to childcare, and there's the perception of people that are, are kids that are going to kindergarten or older that they're going to school. And it is interesting to consider that um, it's also true that kids under the age of kindergarten are going to school. And people over the age of kindergarten are going to childcare, um, and that they're very much the same. Uh, we had a previous episode uh, discussing with Taylor from Inspire, and we briefly touched on that uh, ongoing debate, if you will, or, or discussion surrounding childcare versus education. And I think that it, it seems to be, um, you know, the next step in that conversation that they're both important and they're both happening all the time. Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, we have to recognize that maybe um, when early child care programs first happened, there weren't two parents in the workforce, so there weren't, um, you know, a single-parent family with a mother or father working where um, they were not able to be at home with their, with their child. And so, you know, I have... Um, my sister-in-law, she lives in Chicago. She has a two-and-a-half-month-old and a, a four-month-old. And they, her four-month-old has just gone to daycare, childcare for the first time um, because they are both full-time working parents, eight to five. And, um, you know, that is where her formative brain development will be happening. You know, she won't be at home in the care of one or two parents. she And so we have to look at it in terms of when a child leaves the home and is going to a place of care, that is their education, that is their brain development. And so we can't you just look at it as though it's just 
babysitting and it's this passive activity that happened. This is our young minds being formed. And so recognizing that that is, um, needs to be invested in and we need to be um, recognizing that the teachers that work in early childhood programs um, should be being paid, uh, you know, comparable wages to other teachers. I mean, the heartbreaking thing about the No Small Matter documentary was this incredible, inspiring teacher who loved her kids and loved her job and her kids loved her and she just couldn't afford to stay being a teacher, an early childhood teacher, you know, and um, we, we have to recognize that, you know, early childhood from if a baby is going at four months old and is going to be in a education system until they're 18, then the investment has to start there and we have to recognize that it's all part of a child's schooling as opposed as separate from care. Well, um, you know, the episode after this one that um, the community will hear and our listeners will experience will be a recap of some of those uh, speeches from the No Small Matter event that was held, I guess, way back in, was it January? No, it was February. I mean, I think literally two weeks before the world shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Late February, maybe in 2020 this year. Um, and, uh, you know, we won't be able to, to uh, include um, segments from the film, but we do encourage you to look online and on YouTube at No Small Matter. Um, and uh, there's a website and, and, and trailers. And it's a great film. Um, but we'll include in the podcast some of the speeches given by you as well as um, uh, Elizabeth from the uh, Department of Early Childhood Education and Care, the newly established department in New Mexico, and we had some wonderful speeches and guests there. Um, As you look back at that event, we've already done a little bit of it uh, in this edition uh, of the podcast, but what are some takeaways uh, from that event? How did you feel, and and what do you think that night did for Taos, um, or anything you'd like to share about it? Well, I, I was um, really inspired by the end of it, and I felt that there was this renewed energy around this message and that there was a new audience to share this message with. I mean, we had um, a lot of people from the early childhood professions, but we also had um, – you know, people outside of our our community who might not be as aware of some of these issues. And, you know, it it was really exciting. I thought it was a great evening. We had Dr. Valdez, the Chancellor of UNM there. We had six or seven different speakers, a wonderful Q&A, and and it just um, felt like we were on this exciting journey kind of trajectory to really get this message across. And it was um, it was a shame that we couldn't capitalize on that momentum and energy. I mean, I think everybody's gears shifted as the pan- pandemic hit. 
Um, but I'm really excited that uh, Taylor Haramia, who is one of the speakers, has really forged um, an incredible relationship with the new Early Childhood Education and Care Department. She is on their advisory committee and, um, you know, she is able to both share what's happening here in Taos and in, uh, as well as inform, you know, what's happening in the, in the department. So I think that's good. And I'm, you know, I'm really excited. Uh, what is the website address again? Uh, twirl is org, and org. So yeah. check them both out because uh, the Paso website, the Paso Facebook page is really the love child of Miles. How do we say that? Brainchild? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the brainchild of Miles. And he's done a lot of great work on that. And it's exciting also to see that um, come to fruition and be a, a, a resource for our families and our community. So thank you, Miles. Yeah, thank you. And, and we often do share on that page the uh, many videos and content put out there by, by Twirl. So stay in touch, everybody. Take care of yourself as we enter a new year. Um, and uh, again, thank you for listening. Thanks to KNC. And um, if you are a podcast listener, check out Paso Paso Podcast, subscribe, rate us, all that stuff. And uh, as Nick was mentioning, always um, consider going to pasotaos.org and sending us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much, Nikki. Take care of yourself. Thanks. Bye, Miles. <laughs>